Welcome to The Mountain Gardener with your host, Ken Lane. Gardening can be challenging, but with Ken's tips, tricks, and local advice, you'll reap huge rewards. Now welcome your host, Ken Lane. And welcome to this week's edition of The Mountain Gardener, your host, Ken Lane, here every week talking about the landscapes of northern Arizona. And it has been quite the, it just got, it's, this is spring in the mountains. This is just how it is. So it's been really wet this year. Unusually wet. Wetter, this is not normal to have this much moisture. Usually we have long dry spells in winter. Here's what I'm really worried about as a gardener. In fact, I went out checking my garden, my personal gardens at home, and my evergreens i'm worried about my evergreens being overwatered. they can literally when we get this much moisture over and over and over they can literally rot in the ground this is a, a lot of your uh, native uh, evergreen uh, from manzanitas to junipers to uh, autumn sage maples uh, autumn sage excuse me autumn sage uh, autumn sage <laughs> salvia gregii uh, they are, these are very drought-hardy, robust plants, and they don't like to be gooey wet at their feet. They like moisture and then to dry out. Well, when you just have moisture and then more moisture and then more moisture, oh, that really gets onto plants. So we'll find out here shortly how bad this will be. Hopefully it's not bad at all. But I'm checking mine going, okay, we don't. I've got this beautiful, spectacular specimen. It's a weeping redwood very unusual in my backyard behind the pond and i'm worried about it and it looks like looks like it's it's fine looks like it's healthy it's it's coming around just fine so i am going okay watching making sure we're okay watch your plant suit it's not like there's anything you can do for them the damage if especially if they're rooted this is why i always tell folks whatever you do do not plant your plants in a divot or in a, in a little uh, hole. That's what they do down in Phoenix, where it's really hot. It's 100 degrees out, and it's still midnight. There, it's they don't get as much moisture as we do. We get two, two and a half times the amount of rain that they do. So here we have, we plant all of our root balls at soil level or even a little above, uh, out in the uh, valley areas. That 69 corridor from, from Prescott, you know, Yapai Hills Ranch, all the way Prescott Valley, all the way past Dewey, Humboldt. You're all the way out to I-17. Just heavy clay with cleachy layers going through there. It's, that soil does not perk very well. And so when you get really heavy rains like this, those plants can suffer. If you can leave two, three inches of root out of the ground, and then mound that soil up too. So you're, it's almost like the plant is on a two, three inch slight feathered hill. You'll ne no, neighbors are never going to see it. You might if you really look close, but it guarantees that no matter how wet we get in the monsoon seasons or this March, March in like August and September, this is when the most damage is done to plants. And it's because of all the moisture. We get all of our, our wet all at once, and then it dries out. So as soon as this, this pattern breaks, which, you know, I'm kind of, I don't know about you. I know I'm supposed to say, I love rain. We need it. But I got to tell you, I'm really tired of rain and I don't want any more. I'm just, I, I want some dry, sunny, warm days. So I, that's, that's just me. 
Okay, I said it out in the airwaves. I know I'm going to get some folks going, Ken, you know you can't say that. We're in a drought. I grew up here. We've been in drought every single... We, we live in drought continual, but I still like my sunshine. I can do both. <laughs> so anyway, okay, I'm done. Done venting. Feel better. I want it to be 70 degrees and dry and, and this moist soil that the, the shovel just slides right into. Actually, the, it is pretty easy digging. I, I did quite a bit of gardening this last week before that last storm. And it was easy gardening and it was moist. And my plants, it just it's amazing what a few flowers. I put some pansies around, some uh, candy tuft and some snapdragons, some simple things put a few pots, dress up the containers, and then the storm came. I fertilized everything. Uh, and so it, it just amazing, a little bit of work, cleaned up the brown damaged leaves, and it just looked brand new. I mean, just like that. I mean, just, I worked a couple hours and it looked like a whole, like spring had arrived. It was wintry and dead things like grasses. I cut the grasses back that were brown, cut the mums back that were brown, cleaned them up threw a few colorful flowers in there and whoa, it just looks really good. So it felt good. A lot of these plants, don't worry about them if it gets cold. You don't have to worry about them. They take the cold. So I planted some pansies, kales, snapdragons, dusty miller. What else did I put out there? I think a new uh, um, a gardenia uh, put, it, put into some containers, uh, cleaned up my, my euphorbias, uh, this uh, like like uh, I had some gopher plant and some rainbow ascot euphorbias. So these pretty little succulent looking things. Just cleaned them up, fertilized the entire yard. Kind of everything got some food right before that that storm hit. And then I didn't cover them. I didn't think about them. I just said whatever cold comes, they'll they'll be fine because all of those plants like the spring. They don't do as well in the summer. They tend to stop blooming. They kind of rest. And then that's when the summer things start taking over. There's some plants that love the heat. Everything about the hotter, the better. The more sun, the better. Your spring plants, they like that only when it's cool out. They like the bright. They like. They don't mind wind. They don't mind snow flurries and frost. They like that. Uh, so if you're putting a tomato out right now, you better protect it or it'll be vaporized in one night. But if you put lettuce and spinach and cabbage and Brussels sprouts and the things that you're harvesting, the foliage or the flowers, they're fine. They actually like that. They taste better when it's cold out at night. So I don't think we need to cover. I had several customers coming in going, what about my daffodils? Don't worry about them. They're doing. They're programmed to come up when it's when they're healthy, when they're ready for it. Your iris are starting to actively grow right now. I don't care what the temperature is outside; they're actively growing. It's more about how long are the days. So we hit spring this last week, and so now the days are getting longer and longer and longer. And plants are programmed just grow because it's got to be spring pretty soon. So they're programmed to come up even when there might be some frost. You don't have to baby these things. They're good outside. Don't worry about them. Uh, same, I had a lot of folks, they were, uh, they were pruning the roses. You can prune roses right now. Well, they're actively growing. What do I do? I'll prune some of the foliage off. Don't. You want to prune roses while they are actively growing. 
You don't want to do it while they're dormant. So in other parts of the country, so in California, Palm Springs, the deserts, Phoenix, Tucson, you prune your roses way early, like, like beginning of winter, maybe even fall, November, December. Here, we leave that structure up intact through winter so that it can, so it kind of insulates that plant, protects the heart of the plant. And then while in, in March, typically, when it's starting to actively wake up, you go, oh, it must, those roses must know something I don't. They must know that the, the, the winter is over, time to prune. So we will prune rosarians here at this higher elevation. We leave all those canes up there and then we go after it and prune it when it's kind of counterintuitive. It's already got foliage on it. They're not setting buds yet, but there's definitely little tiny rose leaves all over your roses. That's when you know, oh, it's time to prune now. And typically here at this Prescott Central Highlands area, that's the Sedona to Prescott Valley, Chino to, to, to Dewey Humboldt, everything in between, that's, that's usually the month of March. So I think we are in the planting season, especially for spring plants. You can put your trees. This is the time to plant trees, whether it's a spruce tree or, or a fruit tree, uh, shade trees. This is the time. It's also time to put in early flowers. So pansies, violas, kale, Johnny Jump Ups, uh, Snapdragon, they plant them. You don't have to cover them. They're good with this kind of weather. So we're in the season. So I just wish it was a little bit warmer. The first of the trees opened up this week. It's kind of exciting. We've got Lisa Waters Lane coming in with your garden questions right after this. You've been listening to The Mountain Gardener with Ken Lane owner of Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Join him every week for timely garden advice right for the gardens. Visit Ken where he can be found throughout the week at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Waters Garden Companion Plants of March are Oklahoma Redbud, Mountain Heat, Rosemary Creeper, Fanciful Forsythia, and Prescott Pansy. Prescott Pansy's giant three-inch flowers thrive in extreme March gardens. Large velvety blooms dazzle with radiant colors of blue, violet, yellow, and variations of stripes that look like smiling faces and love being planted in March. Shop the brightest spring flowers in-store or online at watersgardencenter.com in Prescott. The colors of spring are bursting at Waters' 61st Spring Open House. A record number of Waters farmers are here showing off their newest, brightest flowers all weekend. Friday, we show off this year's prettiest plant introductions. Saturday and Sunday, it's impromptu garden classes, hot dogs on the barbie, plant giveaways, and drawings. Join the garden fun at Waters Garden Center's 61st Spring Open House, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, March 10th through 12th. 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. You've been listening to Ken Lane, the Mountain Gardener. Green thumbs learned while working in the Family Garden Center. Now welcome back to the Mountain Gardener. One of my favorite gals in all the world. No, not one of. My <laughs> favorite gal in all the world. My wife, my better half, definitely. The, uh, um, I don't know where Do I go, go from on. that. <laughs> Anyway, you lost your train of thought. She didn't comes you? with uh, your Q and A, the questions you've you've had going on throughout the week. So it's full spring; people are in. It's like spring hit the nursery this week. So it we did. went from look, the, all the gardeners were in mm-hmm. to 
everyone is in now. Everyone's in. Yeah. Trucks are in. Yeah. We unloaded, what, two, three trucks, four yeah, trucks semi this lo- week? Semi-loads. You're, yes. Where are you going to put any more stuff? you got two <laughs> acres of nothing but plants. Where are you going to put all that stuff? Right, right. It's kind of, <laughs> if we don't have it, you don't need That's it. That's right. Because <laughs> <laughs> but lots of questions going on. Lots of people, you know, mm-hmm. there, there's energy out there where oh, people yeah. are in the yard again mm-hmm. and it's it's all it's a whole gamut from all over the county right they're coming in with great questions what do we got this week well our first question is from tracy she has an ornamental plum that's about five years old mm-hmm. she says very pretty she loves it but she has green shoots coming up out of the bottom she yeah. wants to know why should she cut them off what do you yeah. do with those sure so that's actually a good question so that's a grafted tree so mm-hmm preferred trees what you do is you take a perfect specimen uh, a mother plant is what we call it we'll take a spur cut off of that tree and we'll graft it onto another plum that's a little hardier rootstock and then we grow so we have a genetically perfect plant we get the exact copy of the mother mm-hmm. onto that root and it grows up you get a better color better bloom there's some reason why that is a better tree well, what she's getting are suckers coming from below the graft, the original tree, and it wasn't as clean or wasn't as good or isn't, it's not perfect. Mm-hmm. And so what we do is we just cut those suckers off. Don't let them grow because they're taking energy away from the mother, the, the actual true tree that she bought or that mm-hmm. she wanted at the, from the nursery. And so most of your preferred, your better trees are going to be grafted trees not started by seed, but by cuttings. And they they take that cutting, put it onto a rootstock. Kind of hard to explain, but mm-hmm. most of your preferred fruit trees, yes. they're not done by seed because then you don't have an exact, it's not going to be an exact, you know, a Hailhaven peach or a, mm-hmm. or a Santa Rosa plum. It'll be a variation of that. And so we want to have exact replicas of a preferred stock mm-hmm. coming up in your yard. So we'll graft those. It goes so far as your really good trees. I mean, there are actually different grades of even grafted trees. You'll actually have a, a graft on top. The, the tips of the tree will be grafted. So we get a nice beefy root uh, rootstock onto a nice beefy trunk mm-hmm. with a well-rounded head. That's really desirable. So all of the... Um, the, the outline of the tree has been pre-thought, has been mm-hmm. artistically done, so it's perfectly shaped, all done by grafting. And so it's kind of an art to graft on uh, different limbs onto the tree, but you can get an exact shape, perfect, perfect, you just be perfect. Mm-hmm. That's considered desirable. Get rid of those suckers, though. At the base, cut them off. And I would say the best way to deal with those uh, instead of using cutter uh, pruners or a lawnmower or something neat that cuts it off perfectly, mm-hmm. rip it off. Really? A, a a ripped cut will not come back as easily as a nice fine cut. Kind of much mm-hmm. like your skin. When you have a nice neat cut, it mm-hmm. heals up very quickly and then sends okay. off more shoots. Mm-hmm. Well, a ripped cut well, is more less likely to to come off. It's okay. got to be soft. So to get be them able while to do they're that. little. Yeah, get them and while they're, they're little young. and rip them a new one. <laughs> That's it. So there you go. Don't let them grow. So Okay. Uh, next question is from Janet. She has aphids on her roses. She has aphids on her daylily. She yeah. has aphids on her aphids iris. Are <laughs> aphids are taking over the world yeah. at this point. What is the 
best way yeah. to get rid of those. So anything will kill an aphid. Here, here's what not to do. Let's do that. Oh, okay. So here's well, how not to deal with aphids. <laughs> a lot of gardeners will go, oh, go hose them off. Mm-hmm. They'll all go away. No, they won't. They crawl right back up and come right back at you. Now, if you're a gardener and you hose them off and you're out there every day hosing them off, mm-hmm. maybe that could work some. But I, yeah, I'm a gardener, but I don't have every day to go out there and hose them off. Sure. If you're going to hose them, put some death and decay in the spray. <laughs> I mean, hose them off with death, not, not water. Mm-hmm. So neem oil is your safest for the birds, mm-hmm. safest for your pets, safest for you, your family. Neem, we call it home harvest. We actually put together our own neem product because we believe so strongly in it, but it will obliterate. It, mm-hmm. it just knocks out aphids. And what it does, it takes a couple days, but it knocks out their reproduction cycle. So it doesn't allow them to lay any more eggs or lay any more aphids. And so it just they just die very quickly from natural attrition. Very effective, and it has a repelling action to it. So it mm-hmm. actually has an odor that keeps more aphids from flying in. So home harvest is the best spray. We also have an all-purpose spray. It's just a... It's basically death in a bottle. You mix it up, and it just kills them all. But it also kills ladybugs. It kills that's your malathions, your dia, all those mm-hmm. heavy duty kill, killers. They kill everything indiscriminately. Right. I generally, I generally don't like to go down that path. I'd rather be more selective if I could. It's mm-hmm. kinder to the bees, to kinder to things. The home harvest is probably the best way to go, but. Mm-hmm. Um, the multi-purpose insect spray. What about well, ladybugs? Awesome. Ladybug. That's a great idea. Tell us about that, Lisa. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, you can buy ladybugs. And if yeah. you have a food source, if you have aphids that are taking over your garden, l- releasing the ladybugs into your yard, they're going to stay around because there's food for them to eat. Yeah. And there's also, uh, we have a combo this year of ladybugs and lace wings. Oh, brilliant. Really? Um, Good. Yeah. So within... you. You see the ladybugs, they're out there, they're in their little canister flying around, you can release them, and then there's a little vial in there that has lace uh, wing eggs. Oh, good. So you put that out in your when they start hatching and moving out, they're gonna they're very voracious. Yeah, one of the um, one of the best predatory right beneficial insects would mm-hmm. be lace wings. And most people don't know what they are, but they're like little dragonflies mm-hmm. with long wings and they devour like five times their body weight and food it's every crazy. day. It's yeah. Like, so really... yeah, you can use beneficial insects. And you've got those at the store right we now. We do. We do. Shop. Good. So garden so, centers are going to have your ladybugs and so lace wings. So we have some environmentally friendly solutions. You don't yeah. have to spray death in a Good. bottle. So you can do the neem oil or the home ladybugs. harvest yeah. or ladybugs or combine thereof. It just kind of yeah. that's the way to go. Good. Sure. And it's fun with kids. If you've got kids, oh, oh yeah, releasing ladybugs is like the greatest <laughs> joy. Memory. It's like a memory thing. If you right. have grandkids coming to visit you for mm-hmm. Easter Sunday, we'll mm-hmm. celebrate by releasing insects right. in the yard. Definitely. We okay. also have praying mantis too, but that's a whole other. They're kind of cool. Yeah. Too. But the egg casings? Yeah, we have the egg casings. So you kind of put them in a jar and you wait for them to hatch and... Well, when they hatch, it's crazy. Now, it's what like, else do you have out there? So you've got all you've got worms. Yes, we have red worms for those that want to get them in your garden or your raised beds. The help they help aerate the soil. Yeah. They 
their droppings, give food to the soil. So very beneficial. Mm-hmm. We also have nematodes, uh, <laughs> which requires a whole other show, I think. Maybe we'll talk about those next week. Okay. Uh, but nematodes are great for grubs. Yeah. So a very um, biological control so all the beneficials you've got mm-hmm. there at the shop, it's gardening season is here. Yeah. Come in and get your beneficial insects. It'll yes. take out the bad insects. You got okay. it. Okay, but we do have another question. Um, this one is from Cindy. They're new to the area. Um, they need to block out their neighbor's house, and she wants to know what's the fastest growing evergreen big yeah. that she can get in there sure uh, there's a whole we have a whole privacy screen section this mm-hmm. is such a big topic right now the arizona economy is back people are building and they're building in your sight line <laughs> so they want to screen screen thing or the rvs are being bought parked mm-hmm. at your property line so some real quick rundown i would say the cypress arizona cypress leland cypress big tall 20 foot by 12 foot wide very fast mm-hmm. growers Deodor cedar, if you're really into fast and big, mm-hmm. that is a monster. It's really big and fast. And then there's red tip photinia, silverberry, and we can go on and on. Junipers, there's a lot of that's one. Come in and get a feel for it. One will call to your your color. Your, they'll call sure. to you going, plant me, plant me <laughs> for privacy screens. That's it for this segment with Lisa and Kim Lane. Be right back with more on the Mountain Gardeners. You're listening to Ken Lane, a.k.a. The Mountain Gardener. Ken can be found throughout the week in Prescott at Waters Garden Center. Listen each week as he answers timely garden questions unique to mountain gardens. Waters Garden Companion Plants of March are Prescott Pansies, Mountain Heath, Rosemary Creeper, Fanciful Forsythia, and Oklahoma Redbud. Oklahoma Redbud grows to just 16 feet tall. This local native is super easy to grow. Vibrant red flowers cloak the branches of early spring. Luscious heart-shaped leaves emerge with a soft pink tinge that matures to a vibrant green. Shop the brightest blooming trees in-store or online at watersgardencenter.com in Prescott. We believe in picking apples and pears fresh from the tree at Waters Garden Center. If life is a bowl of cherries, why not make them the biggest, sweetest cherries ever? Waters Garden Center is super excited to introduce our new organic fruit and vegetable plant food. This fertilizer has the bonus of added calcium that gives fruit trees and veggies an extra boost to produce healthy, abundant crops. Feed your plants now to help them thrive and grow more fruits than ever in just $27 for a 20-pound bag. Save natural, organic, fruit and vegetable plant food only at Waters Garden Center. You've been listening to The Mountain Gardener with local expert Ken Lane. Join the conversation every week as he answers timely garden questions. Email Ken a question directly from your phone to his desktop through the web at watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. Now welcome back your host, Ken Lane. So this is going to be an incredible year. For fruit trees. And let me tell you, but if you do a couple of things, let me tell you why. So tree, fruit trees in general, one year they have a just blockbuster, I mean, just unbelievable fruit, huge, more of them. They're just over, they're breaking branches. They've got so much fruit. The following year, after a year like that, they take a break. You'll have some fruit, 
won't be nearly as much. These trees, they use all their energy to produce this fruit. Unless you're thinning them and do, or pruning or some separate kind of special techniques, this is kind of one year it's big, the next year for backyard gardeners, next year it's a little off. Last year, fruit trees could not fruit. The, there was a frost in April that kind of took out, actually it killed some trees. It was this freakish. Everything was in bloom, setting fruit. And then freakish storm that it went to, I think it was, I don't know, like 14 degrees in my house. They were not used to that in April. That just doesn't happen. So it took the fruit. The trees were fine. They grew, but they just didn't produce fruit. So this was a, last year was a rest year. And so what that does, it tees the trees up. So they are going, they are ready. I mean, all that root growth, they didn't spend any energy producing fruit. All that energy went into roots. So now it's got a larger base underneath them. So they are going to produce like crazy this year. It's going to be a block, but I'm excited about it. Now, that being said, we've had more moisture than we've seen in years. And so the the you're going to need to fertilize more this year, especially if it's a large fruit production year. The reason is all this moisture we've had this winter has flushed out the nutrients that were that was naturally occurring underneath the, in the soil that's all washed away. The plants are going to be left with not very much nutrient value left in the soil. Now they stored some things up last last fall, so that's good. So they're gonna flush out no matter what. It's once they set that initial set of leaves, initial set of flowers, setting some fruit, does it have enough energy? It doesn't have enough nutrients left in that soil to uptake and keep it going. I predict, or I'm sure, if you don't fertilize this fall, this uh, spring, so if you fertilize last fall, it used that food. Now it's been flushed out. Now it's going to it's going to take that from the fall. It's going to it's going to flush out new growth, and now it's going to reach out into the surrounding soil to pick up more food. If you don't replenish that, you'll get this great flush of growth. You'll go, oh, I am such a gardener, and then things will start to have small leaves. The fruits won't form as large or as many, or they'll be kind of yellow. You get this yellow tinge, especially as you get towards the middle to the end of June. You'll get this, this chlorosis look to it. If you fertilize now, I can't emphasize enough, fertilize everything in the yard because we've had so much moisture that your, your evergreens will turn off. They'll get this off kind of green to gray color instead of this blue silver color. You won't get as much growth on your red tip botinias, on your euonymus things. The, 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 the lilacs, once they flower, because they're using the food from last fall to produce flowers this spring, but when they're done, you, you can kiss off flowers for next year unless you fertilize. There's not enough nutrients left in the soil because of all the moisture we've had. This is especially important for fruit trees or anything that that fruits, you know, that, that takes a lot of energy to produce large flowers or large fruits in a plant. So take advantage of the moisture, the rain that we've had, but don't assume that, oh, they're healthy, they're gonna be good. The rain is good. The rain is good to a point unless it flushes out all the nutrients, especially if you've covered your, your yard in rock. 
some of these other factors, you're just trust me, you're going to replenish that. It's going to be a good weed year. Already we're seeing weeds like crazy. Or put that weed and grass stopper down or you're going to be a slave, absolute slave to, to weeding this year. You're going to pull it back out. Just getting a, the whorehound is going to be the size of you up to hip high with a root that goes down to China. You'll never, you'll need a chainsaw to cut these things down. Get it, take advantage. Be upfront with these things. Be proactive, and you've got some opportunity. The gardens are waking up. So the first first flowering trees opened this week at the garden center here in Prescott. They're in full bloom, ornamental pears. The purple leaf plums are right behind them. So they're there. The buds are huge. There's no way to hold them back. It is spring. They want to be in bloom. The snow and weather, it doesn't matter. They're going to go for it. And so take advantage of that season where you can, you can fertilize, prepare the stage for, for better fruits, better leaf growth on your shade trees, better green growth on your conifers, um, and then Get it, take advantage of, of the weeds. Don't let them get ahead of you. Use the weed and grass stoppers that prevents the seed from actually forming. So that's a, some insider tips. There's lots of inspiring plants. I know the weather's kind of dicey this time of year, but if you want to be inspired, you're tired of being indoors, you're not sure what to plant, come by the garden center. We'll show you some things that you can plant now that'll like the weather. Be right back. Mountain Gardener, your source for timely garden advice right for higher elevations. Guaranteed to make a difference in your yard this season. Fruit cocktail trees turn any backyard into a veritable farmer's market. At Waters, we've grafted onto one tree different types of cherries, apples, and pears for easy backyard fruit picking. These small fruit trees grow in containers just off the patio in smaller yards. Anyone can grow a fruit cocktail tree. You'll find braided cocktail trees with multiple fruits beautifully braided into one tree. Fruit cocktail trees are ready to plant at Waters Garden Center in Prescott and watersgardencenter.com. We believe in family, church, community, and friendships here at Waters Garden Center. Hi, Lisa with the plants of the week and our Austrian pine. We have instantaneous trees just in and ready for planting. This pine has the same long needles as our ponderosa pine without all the problems, and these trees are really big and bold. This is the fastest growing of the pines, and lots of sizes to choose from. Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. For people who love big, bold pines, they love to shop. You're listening to The Mountain Gardener with local expert Ken Lane. Mountain gardening is very rewarding, with a few of Ken's tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts sure to turn your thumbs even greener. Now, welcome back to The Mountain Gardener. How many years we've been doing this? Innumerable. A lot. <laughs> just feels innumerable. <laughs> yeah, just, uh, I'm old enough. I don't remember. I don't know. Anyway, she comes and just shares her garden thoughts, what she's seen in the gardens. You do lots of hiking, biking, walking around, just kind of taking the dogs out, looking at landscapes. And, well, we share some of that. Plus, you're out there talking to gardeners mm -hmm. like all of us. It's valuable to get another set of eyes sure. out in the gardens. Plus, I don't have to fill the entire hour program with just me. And I like hanging out with you in little <laughs> studios. It's perfect. Thank Welcome you. back to the studio. Very nice to be here, as usual. How nice is it? <laughs> Never mind. I don't want to go there. Okay. So what do you, 
what do you got for us? You're already doing that, dude. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, the first thing I thought I would show everybody. So this is Candy Tuft. Um, so we have a lot of this in, but it is such a great little perennial for our area. Yeah. It is a spring bloomer. So it's one of those first things to really show off their colors in the spring. Um, comes back every year, and I've got a cough. Oh, I, hey, I'll cover for you while the allergies go crazy. So, this is a this is this is a really specialized plant. It really only does well here at this elevation right here. It's a native, yeah. evergreen. Mm -hmm. Animals don't eat it, so it gets up. I don't know, maybe a foot tall or yeah, so, kind of mounding. But it blooms for a crazy long time. It has a nasty smelling flower. <laughs> Sorry. It's the reason that's the animals, why animals don't like it. So. <laughs> but we it's so specialized. We had to grow. We have maybe a hundred of them we've mm -hmm. specially grown. You're only gonna have them, you're only gonna find them here. They're not yeah. out. You're not gonna find them at home, whatever box thing. I won't say what I really Thank think you. of them. So, but anyway, this is a, a great little perennial for mm -hmm. every garden should have at least one because it does well in containers, right? Raised beds, right out in the yard. Receipts. Yeah. It's just a great little plant to have in your at your house, whether it's in pots or in beds. It definitely needs some because I like how it just kind of announces spring. And the other thing about white out in the landscape, it shows up so nicely. You know, everybody thinks about oh the reds and the pinks, but I tell you, you put white out there and it really pops. You know, white with our Arizona with our earth tones against the reds and the mochas and the even against the the granite kind of colors it really pops we generally have darker colors and it really stands out all, all by itself right. but it also brings out all the other colors yes it does yeah. so definitely time to come pick up the candy tuft what's the other is that iberus, iberus. is that the latin name for that uh -huh. iberus but just for the gardeners <laughs> oh, candy tough, yeah. Candy. It's easier. Mm -hmm. So another couple of things that um, are coming in next week that we haven't had before that are really going to be cool. So one is called Flipside. It's a Vitex or chaste tree. Yeah. Um, this one's going right. to be dark purple. Great thing about it, it's a small tree. I think somebody asked a question earlier yeah. about small trees. So this one gets between six and eight feet. So oh, that's it's really, a that's really... a shrub. What are you talking about? That's not a tree. <laughs> but it's called the flip side. I think it's flip side because the one side of the leaves, I think is a darker color. Yeah. So it's kind of got that two-tone textured color to it. So yeah. interesting out Neat. in the yard. It's going to be dark purple. The standard chase gets, what is that, like 12, 15 feet? Mm -hmm. and, and animals don't eat that again. Again, right. it's got that two-tone Mm -hmm. leaf but uh, to have a dwarf yeah half size right this have and the same summer flower bloomers. yes same flower summer bloomers mm -hmm. perfect mm -hmm. that was and the other one is galactic pink so i think this is the first time we've carried a pink vitex wow uh gets about the same height and all that but six feet or twelve six feet? to eight gotcha yeah. dwarf again mm-hmm Pink chase tree. I never would have thought of a thing. Tell me when one starts to glow in the dark and I'll really be impressed. <laughs> well, <laughs> you may have to wait a year or two on that one. But I just wanted to let people know as you're coming in because it's kind of a unique uh, new introduction. So definitely something you want to Do we be get very many? For. I know that's so new. We grab everything we can. I think we're getting about 20 of each. Okay, good. Perfect. So, that's yes, enough, sort of. have enough. To yeah, get it'll run started. out quick is what'll happen. Yeah. So good. But, cool ones that are coming in. But the other thing I wanted to talk about is 
the selection of cactus that we got in. Yay! I'm because excited too. We have been searching long and hard and far and wide looking for a good source for cactus. And you think Arizona, oh my gosh, there's gotta be cactus everywhere. Now, hardy is the hard part. <laughs> they don't grow up at the so south. That's the tricky part is to find yeah. ones that will grow well up here that we know will grow well in, in some little microclimates. So we did find a very nice selection. Hold on, you're talking not in the microphone. Oh, sorry, you're grabbing this that big old pokey thing. Here, I'll help you. I'm a big, strong man. I'll help oh, you. Out. How can I help you, honey? <laughs> <laughs> that's that's just wrong in so kind many ways. <laughs> little sexist, yeah. but we'll let it go. Holding up to the camera, you got so it. So this is the uh, Perry's agave. So a nice winter, her does wonderful in our yeah. cold, cold winters. Uh, so this is just one of the agaves that we got in. I think we got maybe three or four different varieties of, ga of agaves in. Uh, Perry is probably being one of my favorites. It grows wild up on the Bradshaws. Mm -hmm. You'll see clusters of them. Right. This also, it's called the century plant. Mm -hmm. So it, every century, it, it shoots up this huge flower. It gets up like 10, 12 feet tall. Right. Um, supposedly once every hundred years, <laughs> that's the name century plant. We got right. the Utah Gensis, mm -hmm. the one that grows up on the Canyon, uh, Grand Canyon area. We've right. got several hardy, tough, mm -hmm. tough, take any cold, right. any weather it's going to produce. Yeah. So really cool. I was really happy to get those in. We have them in a few different sizes, yeah. size containers. We also got some great cactus in that we have not been able to find in a can while. Can I put this down? Sort of no, I just want to see if you can hold it. It's pokey. This, if, if you're watching the vlog, the, the, look at the needles on that baby. Let's see yeah. if you get that. The needles on each pad. In fact, I saw a uh, last Christmas, someone had a bigger one of these and they'd taken uh, a styrofoam oh, Christmas balls, balls and they decorated their agave <laughs> and poked the balls on top of the uh, pads. And it was yeah. pretty. It's cute. That's a cool idea. Cute Southwestern idea. You got to love Arizona. There you go. So we also found some really cool cactus that we haven't really been able to bring in in a while. The hedgehog or the yeah. claret's cup. Yeah. Uh, that's another one that's just natively, you'll find it around here. But we just haven't been able to find a good source for growing people yeah. growing it consistently. So we have some beautiful hedgehogs. They're actually blooming. Yeah, it was they pretty. look really pretty. Yeah. So definitely check out the hedgehogs. We got prickly pear, which you're like, eh, prickly pear, but these are beautiful specimens. Yeah, new varieties. <laughs> and some of them, what's the big, great big paddle? That one? is a dinner plate prickly pear. Wow. The pads are the size of dinner plate. It's a zone eight. Uh -huh. So it's easily going to grow up to Prescott Valley, you know, Dewey Humboldt, the Verde, mm -hmm. down towards Skull Valley, Williamson Valley. Here, I think you could grow it in Prescott Direct nice if you had a nice spot. hot spot. Radiant probably Groom Creek in the higher mm -hmm. elevations, you know, Williams, Seligman. Right. Nah, probably probably not good up there. It might freeze unless you protect it. Mm -hmm. be like a barrel cactus. Right. You can grow a barrel, you can grow this. It's the mm -hmm. same. They're companions. Okay. So, but it's... It's it's a prickly pear. It's beautiful on steroids. It it's is really it's neat. Really huge paddles. Yeah. So we got some of those in um, Choya, yeah. otherwise known as. I always thought this was a stupid name, but teddy bear cactus. Yeah, because <laughs> they, they look, look they yeah, look fuzzy, fuzzy but yeah. No, you don't want to be giving them a big hug. Yeah, don't hug it. Don't <laughs> hug a Choya, but they're they're funky, interesting. Yes. Yes. If you're from the Southwest. You kind of go, ah, it's a Choya. If you're from anywhere else in the country, you're going, that mm -hmm. is pretty cool. That's pretty neat. The Midwest, those right. folks. Mm -hmm. And they're tough. They will take, I've seen Choya go down to sub-zero. And they still come back and look oh, yeah. fantastic. Mm -hmm. So definitely got some big, some nice size yeah. Choyas in. Uh, we also got uh, one of my favorites. It's called a Moroccan Mound. 
Um, and it's a zone eight as well, but we have grown it in a container for three, four years now. Maybe longer. I don't know. So long yeah. it's, it's full and beautiful. Oh, it's, it's gorgeous. And yeah. we, we just give it a little bit of protection in the wintertime, but I pulled it out a week ago or so out into the main yard where it normally lives. Um, but it's beautiful and doesn't require any, any care. Work. Yeah. <laughs> I pretty much ignore that plant. Every once in a while, I'll throw water on it. I'm like, eh, I need some water. So yeah. I throw water on it. I tell you what, if you, I, I fertilized our Moroccan mound. This would work for any of those cacti. Give it some of our flower power fertilizer, oh. that liquid fertilizer, mm -hmm. put it on there. They went into full yellow That's bloom. True, it was it really did. pretty. So yeah, we are out of time. We lots of cacti. Okay. You only touched on them, but outdoor varieties mm -hmm. that grow in your yard. If you're looking to add some, make more Southwest, you can visit them. So Ken and Lisa Lane, the Mountain Gardeners, be right back Look for more tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts through Ken's website. Podcast the show, read his weekly garden column, or follow him on Facebook and Instagram at watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. We believe searching waters plants are better than a Google search at Waters Garden Center. Waters Garden Companion Plants of March are Oklahoma Redbud, Mountain Heat, Rosemary Creeper, Fanciful Forsythia, and Prescott Pansy. Prescott Pansy's giant three-inch flowers thrive in extreme March gardens. Large velvety blooms dazzle with radiant colors of blue, violet, yellow, and variations of stripes that look like smiling faces and love being planted in March. Shop the brightest spring flowers in-store or online at watersgardencenter.com in Prescott. Hi, Ken here with the finds of the week and our Deodore Cedars. A standalone tree so beautifully shaped it's referred to as the Christmas tree. Fastest growing of the evergreen trees used for quick screens, windbreaks, and privacy. Graceful arches sweep through the landscape in colors of blue to green from the stately tree. An evergreen lover's dream for fast, thick growth. Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. For people who love majestic evergreens, they love to shop. Welcome to the Mountain Gardener with Ken Lane. Gardening in the mountains is different. Listen to Ken's tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts guaranteed to make your gardens more beautiful than ever this year. Now for better advice that works locally, welcome your host, Ken Lane. So we have had a rush of gardeners, homeowners, coming in. This has got to be new home builds or something going on. So an unusual number of people are coming in for privacy screens. Their neighbors coming up. I've, I've helped a few that are planning ahead. That is, they've got an open lot out there and, and it's been open, but they know a developer just bought it and how's they're going to go up. So starting to plant in anticipation of that new development, you know, six new homes in your backyard. They're all going to be your closest friends. Oh, you just want to plan ahead on that one. And so that's the way to do it. Which plants can you put there now to obliterate that view so I don't have to look at all the construction, all the dust, all the noise, and the neighbors that will be there barbecuing in my backyard later. And so, but a lot of you are, are in these track homes, these great big, you know, granvilles. They're just packed on top of each other. And so there you just want to, you just... They've got some fences in the backyard, but still you can kind of see over or you want to, you just want to soften up all that block. So we're seeing a lot of privacy folks to soften that up. And so I thought I'd cover which trees or shrubs 
are best, which ones are the strongest, the hardiest, the fastest growing uh, that you might want to consider in your backyard if you've got that issue. So you got a new hot tub. You want to screen off the neighbors looking in on you or, the, or their lights always come on. You like to go out in the hot tub at nine o'clock at night and they're always in their bedroom. You know, lights are on. The windows may or may not be open and they're watching you. So what do you use to screen that? Uh, this would also apply for you folks out in the valley areas where you just want to cut the wind. Let's say you've got bigger properties, uh, but but you've got, you know, Coyote Springs, Piquito Valley, Chino Valley, Paulden. These folks, you've got big properties, but the wind can really cut down. The same trees are used there for privacy or for, for windbreaks. Uh, well, let's say at night that the traffic is coming right into your front living room. You could use those to block that headlights from those cars. Same thing, wind production, all those. So here you go. The fastest growing, bar none, is Deodor Cedar. It's too fast, too big for some of you. You smaller lots, probably not good. Bigger yards, great. So Deodor Cedar is, it grows, oh, two, three feet a year. It's very, very fast. And it gets tall, 80 feet, I mean 60 easy to, or higher. Basically, once you get above 40, 50 feet, it's just keep going, it's going to the moon. But, it, but here's the thing, Deodoro Cedar gets 25 feet wide. Some of your yards are only 50 feet long. This tree's gonna be as big as the backyard. So you can see why it can get too large for some of you, but it grows fast. Great out there. You don't wanna put it as a, as a street tree because the branches will keep on growing out into the street or into your driveway or obliterate the front view of your house. So you wanna put them off to the sides or out to the back. That's where you, it's really good at using to accent a view. Let's say you're looking at Granite Mountain or Thumb Butte or, or the, the Bradshaws and you wanna draw the eye on that back deck or patio. You just pull one to the right, one to the left. And then all of a sudden you're gonna be looking in between these two big large evergreens and it's gonna be like a panoramic picture frame you just created. That's how you use Deodor Cedar. So we've got some beautiful specimens here. They're gorgeous, but they're too much for. I try to I talk poor people out of them that I, then I sell them. Some that I use myself. So I wanted. I've got a small front yard. So we're a half acre lot, uh, maybe a little bit more. But the front yard is is smaller. It's a patio, and I wanted to block the street off just to soften up so I can read my paper on the front sofa, out in the yard, watching the hummingbirds in my PJs and not have to worry about, not have to talk to every neighbor going by. I like talking to neighbors, but sometimes you just want privacy. And so I used ju uh, uh, junipers in the front yard because they're so tough. They don't get bugs. They're low water use. They're just, they're just methodical. They keep growing. I used Spartan junipers because they're so green. They get up to about... Uh, 10 feet tall or so, four, five, six feet wide. There's a nice green, tall, they've got a central leader. And so then they've got branches kind of, but they're just pint-sized. And so I stacked them in. I've got, I don't know, six or seven of them, just zigzagging through the front yard. And just it's just a solid wall of green. Now, junipers get a bad rap sometimes. Now, I know some of you are kind of going, I'm changing the channel. He used, he used the word juniper, I'm out of here. So the native junipers are a problem. They do have a lot of pollen. They cause allergies. The small junipers we sell here at the garden center do not. 
So it's the males, the male junipers cause all this grief. They're the ones that throw off the pollen. They're going to, they're going to, they're going to infuse every single gal on the mountainside. One, one male plant wants to have so much dust, so much pollen, he's going to pollinate every other female in, in the valley. And so the females don't have that kind of problem. It's the males. And so if we know that and we're breeding plants, we're raising plants, they're kind of like puppy dogs. We raise them to be like each other. So we've got female clones of these plants. And so they don't form they don't have all the dust issues, all the pollen issues, so they don't cause the allergies. Plus, they're small. Plus, if you have an allergy, I have, I've got allergy. You might hear it in my voice a little bit, a little scratchy. I, I usually take wild honey and, and kind of I do all these things, and I still can feel it because I work outdoors for a living. This year, it's really bad. Um, if you've got that kind of allergy, you're surrounded. You're living in pine forest, in, in juniper and pine forest. They're everywhere. One more little juniper in your yard. The screen off the neighbor's not going to, but like, okay, enough of my soapbox. Just letting you know it's okay because they're so tough. But Italian cypress is the counter to that. Cypress don't have those issues. And that's the cow, that's the one that grows 50 feet tall and only three feet wide. It's like a pencil growing up out of the, out of the ground. You can use those easily to block off, especially if you have a narrow yard. This is a great property line down the, between two homes. That's one you use, Italian cypress. It's great. And so it works really, really well. Strong grower, drought hardy, takes the wind. It's a good plant for here. Another one that, that a lot of folks like, that they have, maybe they're new to the area and they're going, oh, I really like that one. Uh, it looks like a Christmas tree. Is, is spruce. We have Spruce Mountain right here next to Prescott. You can almost, you can take your side-by-side -side right up there. Uh, so there's, there's spruce grows really, really well here. Colorado spruce. All of the spruce trees do really well here. Uh, they're a little slower growing. So a Colorado, maybe you'll get foot and a half, two feet of growth a year, but it puts it over the entire plant, the top and the sides. So it has this perfect shaped Christmas you know, from, from small to tall, you know, from, from narrow to wide, uh, it just grows this perfect shape without any, no pruning, no need for you to do anything. It just has this great shape to it. So because it's so narrow at the top, it could take a couple of years to get it filled out enough to be a privacy screen, but it does actually work well doing that. Usually when I'm helping someone design, I'll, I'll put a if they really like Colorado spruce or, or a spruce, baccarat, hoopsai, I probably have six different varieties. And it's the color changes. They go from green to blue to this silver color. It's really pretty. There I'll try to I'll mix in some, let's say, aspens in between or, or a maple tree. You can make this garden-esque kind of, of row that blocks out that view or those neighbors, that RV or that house or that deck or whatever you're trying to screen. There's a way to blend it and mix it, and you can put a few spruce in there. Uh, another one that's kind of like that, that doesn't, that is really thick, 20 feet tall, 12 feet wide, all the way from the ground, all the way up is Arizona cypress. Uh, so Arizona, it grows wild. It's a native here. That's the name Arizona, Cypress. It's grown all over the world, but we're famous for it. It came from right here, right? I mean, right here, Prescott, Arizona, this central highlands of Yavapai County. It came from right here. So Arizona Cypress adapts really well, fast growing, 
thick. It sort of looks like a juniper, but it has a, it has a pine cone instead of a berry on it. It's quite pretty. So it's a good, good choice for you, especially out in the valley areas where you want to cut the wind. A 20-foot block that's 12 feet wide It's perfect for that. So you want to, your garden's getting wind-whipped, put one on the southwest side. It'll take that wind right out, and your gardens will thrive at that point. We have an entire section of nothing but privacy screens. I thought I'd just touch on a few of the most popular or some ideas that can maybe help you. But we're here to help hone that in. Take a picture. Take a quick measurement, and we can help guide that through and block that view off. Whatever you want to do with that for privacy in your yard. Be right back. You're listening to local garden expert Ken Lane, the owner of Waters Garden Center. He can be found throughout the week at Waters Garden Center, located in Prescott, 1815 Iron Springs Road. Thanks for tuning in to The Mountain Gardener. The colors of spring are bursting at Waters 61st Spring Open House. A record number of Waters farmers are here showing off their newest, brightest flowers all weekend. Friday, we show off this year's prettiest plant introductions. Saturday and Sunday, it's impromptu garden classes, hot dogs on the barbie, plant giveaways, and drawings. Join the garden fun at Waters Garden Center's 61st Spring Open House, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, March 10th through 12th. 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. We believe you're braver than you believe, stronger than you seem, and smarter than you think. At Waters Garden Center, you've tuned in to The Mountain Gardener with local garden expert Ken Lane. Join him each week as he answers timely garden questions that are sure to make a difference in your gardens. Now welcome your host, Ken Lane. So if you are thinking of fruit trees, there's a really specialized type of fruit tree you'll hear talked about. It's called fruit cocktail trees or grafted trees. Or whenever you've got one tree that has multiple fruits coming off of it or a cluster of trees that has multiple fruits coming off of it, that's called a fruit cocktail tree. But you could have pear fruit cocktail tree, apples, cherries. Let me think. Here's some pitted fruits like uh, apricots and nectarines on the same tree. They have to be the same genus. So if you can't, you can't graft an apple onto a pear tree, they just aren't the same DNA. But you can go an apple with different kinds of apples or a crab apple or apple on different kinds of crab apples have to have an apple variety of some sort. And then we've got some that we've taken two suckers when they were very small. These are whips. Uh, very fast-growing seedlings that grow up. And as they grew, we braided them together. So now you've got a braided Honeycrisp and Jana Honey or Jana Gold or one of those two, two varieties that the trunks will grow into each other in a braided form. It's kind of like a lucky bamboo you'll see at, the, uh, um, see at a, a florist. It's like that, only this is a full-on tree that produces apples. Here's the beauty of fruit cocktail trees. Many times, or most times, fruits do better when they have pears. They've got buddies. They've got two or three of them at the same time. They need each other so the bees can pollinate back and forth those trees. A, a honey crisp will not produce fruit by itself. It'll flower. The bees will try to pollinate, but it doesn't have the male and the female flowers on the same tree. If you put a companion, a different variety, Two Honeycrisp apples cannot produce fruit. They need a different a different uh, type of, so a Gala or a Golden Delicious or a Granny Smith that will pollinate 
a Honeycrisp and vice versa. Well, the beauty with French fr uh, <laughs> fruit cocktail trees is you put two varieties that help each other. So they pollinate each other. So you'll get larger fruits when they form and you'll get more of them. That's the beauty. But here's the insider, the real reason why you like fruit cocktail trees or what you, why you want to consider them, um, especially for small yards. Now you need one tree and you can get all the apples. You can, instead of having two separate trees in a backyard that's real small, you can have one and those two, they're companions to each other. But here's the real reason. I, I just noticed over the years, my name's Ken. We're just talking over the back fence, gardeners, and, and this is what this is why I like fruit cocktail trees. Um, you'll when they harvest, you know, you get all this one variety of apple or peach or cherry will come off, and then the other half will ripen a little bit later. So you're not dumped on with five bushels of peaches coming off all at once. You've got just the Albertas. Then you could take on the Red Barons or the rangers separately. So they ripen at different times. Peach, uh, cherries, you've got all these Bing cherries, then you've got all these Montmorencies, then you got all these Bactartarians. You can harvest them at separate times so you're not, it just extends the harvest season. That's, that's the number one reason I like fruit cocktail trees. Now, if you've got big properties, you need trees. Just put an orchard in. And the definition of an orchard a backyard garden trees is six trees or less. That's just backyard. Yeah, you just got some shade trees. That's a backyard garden. Have fun. An orchard, when you get that seventh tree, you officially have an orchard going on in the backyard. And they don't have to be lined up in a row. They can be just a mixture of diff diff different, different trees out there. But fruit cocktail trees. That's the difference. That's what they're at. You want varieties that grow and you're at this higher altitude. But if you get that, now there's a whole lot of benefits. They don't take as much room. They help pollinate each other. And you don't have to harvest as much all at once. That's it for this week. Throughout the week, Lisa and I camp out here at Waters Garden Center. We love talking to fans of the show. Waters Garden Companion Plants for March are Oklahoma Redbud, Mountain Heaths, Rosemary Creeper, Prescott Pansies, and Fanciful Forsythia. Fanciful Forsythia is a gorgeous spring shrub that explodes with masses of solar yellow flowers, followed by shiny green leaves. Every home should have one for sheer beauty, fall color, and gentle natural care. Shop the brightest spring bloomers in store or online at watersgardencenter.com in Prescott. We believe retirement means more time to garden and plants make you happier at Waters Garden Center. If you enjoy this show and would like to hear more, please subscribe to The Mountain Gardener wherever you like to listen to podcasts. And if you'd like even more garden tips, tricks, and helpful advice, please check out my website at watersgardencenter.com for classes, videos, and more, or my online garden center at top10plants.com. Throughout the week, Lisa and I can be found here at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. If you want a more fruitful garden, increase success in your landscape that just feels better, then tune in every week to The Mountain Gardener. Years of tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts are guaranteed to make your gardens nicer than ever. Listen to this podcast or read Ken's weekly garden column by visiting watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. Thanks for tuning in.